0: Welcome to Right Spokane Perspective with your hosts, Mike Fagan and Tim Benn for opinion, fact, informative, and your alert system. Now let's get ready to rumble. Good day once again, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks for rejoining Mike and Tim on what we did locally in elections this Wednesday episode here on Right Spokane Perspective. I now hope everybody out there is safe and sane.
1: What we did look like? We're going to talk about the city council and how they go against the voters, and you know, yeah, we can
0: we can throw a little bit of that in there too if you'd like
1: gerrymander. Well, we might have to save city council for another day too because okay, we'll, we'll see what else comes out.
0: All right. Well, how about a little bit of inspiration, and then we're going to go ahead and dive in, ladies and gentlemen. Now, a man and several friends went through a ski resort gate posted with avalanche warnings and started snowboarding. On the second trip down, someone shouted avalanche, but the man couldn't escape and perished in the cascading snow. Some criticized him, calling him a novice, but he wasn't. He was an avalanche certified backcountry guide. One researcher said that skiers and snowboarders with the most avalanche training are more likely to give in to faulty reasoning. The snowboarder died because he was lulled into getting and letting his guard down. As Israel prepared to go into the promised land, God wanted his people to keep their guard up, to be careful and alert. So he commanded them to obey all his decrees and laws and remember his past judgment on those who disobeyed. They needed to be careful to examine themselves and keep watch over their inner lives. This would help them keep their guard up against spiritual dangers from without and spiritual apathy from within. It's easy for us to let our guard down and fall into apathy and self-deception. But God can give us strength to avoid falling in life and forgiveness by his grace when we do. By following him and resting in his wisdom and provision, we can keep our guard up and make good decisions. You know the drill, folks. Father God, you are a loving God. Please help us to remain alert. And follow you in loving obedience in your son's Jesus name we pray, Amen.
1: Amen. Now that inspiration almost sounded like yesterday's show. And, exactly and what, what led us into today's show because you know we we allowed apathy and bad decision making to lead us to where we've gotten because we were deceived and we allowed ourselves to be deceived and we didn't seek wisdom and we just handed in the ballot so we quit getting those, donate, donate and vote for this guy, that girl, that thing, and yeah, we the outcome. You know, the outcome is what the outcome is, and I really hope people start standing up to government because elect who you want, and they still won't listen to you after you elect them. <laughs> no
0: but they're going to want man. your
1: support next election season and a donation, by the way. Yeah,
0: and you know, I, based on yesterday's show, it really blowing me out of my chair right now, Tim, that we even have to have in our face all the time now the next presidential election run for 2024. I mean, right. everybody is just talking nothing about that. Or nothing but that, I should say. Right. And, you know, what about the municipal election next year? Right. I mean, we got some huge elections coming up next year.
1: Well, everybody does. I mean, the whole entire country, the president is not supposed to read the Constitution, people. We need the press to read the Constitution, too. And we need all these political candidates, you know, maybe including Donald Trump and Ron DeSantis. You know, while I might like some of their policies, don't let the media control the narrative. Don't let your ego get in the way. You know, look at what the founders wanted. They wanted the president to be the weakest option. Yeah. Other than for military purposes to keep our country safe, right? Commander in chief is the power of the presidency, and the power of the purse is in the uh, Congress, in the House, and the power to push the executive branch to do certain things pretty much lies in the Senate, yeah. right? You betcha. And and so that's the design that they had, and they wanted local government. To control most of the things that affect our daily lives when it had to do with commerce. I know that the Commerce Clause has been used in the Mega courts. times. Egregiously, maybe. <laughs> uh, but, you know, these local elections coming up are, are huge, not just here yeah. in Spokane, but you know, everywhere else. And these guys need to, you know, put their aspirations away, I think for a short time. Of course, they all have to start fundraising because they all need $500 million to run for office, which yeah. is ridiculous. That is for sure. But yeah, we have local elections elections. You know, the police coverage that people have locally, you know, who was active in the neighborhood block watch, can they actually run for office? Or do you have to be someone that can raise quarter million of dollars at the local level in a small city to run for office? And that's where we've gotten. And I think that voters need to have avenues to, you know, get away from I don't know, the media and, and maybe we need to start our own social media as, <laughs> as voters so that we can share real information other than the propaganda that they're feeding us. But, yeah. uh, but we do have an election that uh, is maybe over, over a week ago. Yeah, And we have the numbers as of Sunday. We didn't have the last counts, but we have the numbers as of Sunday, what happened in uh, Spokane County. And those are the elections that are going to affect you most because that's where your judicial money comes from at the county level. Three quarters of the county budget is spent on criminal justice from law enforcement to the court. Sure. So uh, where do we end up in our local elections, Mike?
0: Well, I'll tell you, you know, as of Sunday night, ladies and gentlemen, we had 7,100 ballots left to count. Overall voter turnout and again, and it just varies from district to district to legislative district to congressional district to issue, if you will, on what the voter turnout was. It looks like it's running at around 59.03,
1: which is and very, very possibly
0: 60.11
1: percent. 60% voter
0: turnout yep, the amount of
1: money spent on elections, and we only had 60% percent. voter turnout. Yep, that's, and that's 60% of the people that are registered. To vote
0: Here in Spokane County, you bet. As a matter of fact, we have 359,643 registered voters and we had a total ballots cast of 212,305. So well over 100,000 ballots never made it back to the elections office for sure.
1: Well, that's not democracy, Mike.
0: No, it's not. All right. First two items there on the vote tallies. We're talking about advisory vote 39 and advisory vote 40. If Folks, if you recall, these were two tax measures that were put on the ballot uh, courtesy of initiative 960 from years ago, where it is required to be put on the ballot for an advisory vote up or down if the legislature does not include the people in their vote when they go ahead and vote to approve new taxes, et cetera. So in Spokane County, the Spokane County voters did their job and they highly recommend the repeal of both advisory vote 39 as well as 40. I'm looking at 68% plus on advisory vote 39 and 60.65% on advisory vote 40 as far as both of those being repealed here in Spokane County. Now, granted, it's not a real vote, if you will. It basically tells the legislature where the citizens are on the decision that they ended up making. It's an official poll. Yeah, yeah, an official poll. There you Uh, go. It's an
1: official poll of the voters that decided to turn out and vote. It's the largest poll that the legislature can read based upon the duties they're doing when it comes to taxing its citizens.
0: You betcha. All right, U.S. Senator. Well, everybody knows that the mom in, in tennis shoes ended up getting reelected.
1: But she won in Spokane County. T- but uh, Tiffany, Tiffany Smiley, Smiley the yeah. new
0: mom in town, ended mom, up yeah. yeah winning. As a matter of fact, we here in Spokane County did our job well. Tiffany came in at 54.42% versus Patty Murray at 45.39%. I think at the end of the day, those numbers were actually flip-flopped. And Patty Murray went ahead and won her reelection.
1: Yeah, statewide. Yep. That you was bet.
0: A- now in the fifth congressional district, we're talking about Natasha Hill, the communist Democrat, and Kathy McMorris Rogers, and we're talking about Kathy McMorris Rogers in at over fifty six percent. Natasha Hill, the communist, is in at fifty three and a half percent.
1: And that's what did you say? How how what, what percent?
0: That was 56.27% for Rogers and 43.5% 43, for okay. Natasha.
1: 43, okay. You bet. Yeah, and, and that's Spokane County numbers. Of course, there's Spokane multiple counties County. in uh, District 5, 5th Congressional District. So, yeah, but she still did retain that seat for the U.S. House of Representatives.
0: You betcha. As a matter of fact, it's my understanding she now moves to a rather powerful committee chair position. And has well, everything we'll to do with energy. And yeah, again, we'll see. Well, well,
1: I mean, part of the thing with like yesterday's coverage, part of the problem with these never ending elections is that we don't know how the caucuses will elect their leadership and representatives and people as far as, you know, their seat on different committees because they don't know exactly how this whole thing is going to shake out still. So they can't hold their party elections for leadership.
0: Right. All right. Another state level election. We're talking about the secretary of state. This is one where Tim and I were recommending a write-in and what we do have is the appointed Democrat, governor appointed Democrat Steve Hobbs was just recently announced as the winner and the new secretary of state. Yep. Julie Anderson who ran as an independent here in Spokane County did very very well against Steve Hobbs because Julie Anderson here in Spokane County came in at 53.3% and Steve Hobbs was in at 409 Nine, one percent right so we did our job here in spokane county well, but you know the thing of i do is, is no, i mean a socialist we and were looking to do the Democrat. write-in of yeah. brad clipper you know how the write-in wow campaigns a, are a long shot yeah
1: <laughs> so <laughs> sure. we'll see so that was the spokane county but at state level Hobbs is going to hobble right back into secretary of state's yep, office you bet
0: now we're looking at state representative positions, Legislative District 3. We're talking City of Spokane. We had Marcus Riccelli, Scotty Nickel. We're facing off. We had Tim Ormsby and Natalie Polson facing off. In the Marcus Riccelli, Scotty Nickel race, um, ballot rehab would not save the day at all. <laughs> wouldn't even be close. We're talking about sixty-two and a quarter percent for Riccelli and 37.65% for Scotty Nickel. In the other race here for the 3rd Legislative District, we're talking about Tim Ormsby, in at 59.6%, and Natalie Paulson in at 40.8% to six percent and again these numbers were as of sunday night ladies and gentlemen in all transparency okay
1: right now we're looking well, and at of course in those races i mean this goes back to the gerrymandering of decades ago where they carved the third district out and we used to have the fifth legislative district over here in the spokane area and when they redistricted the state they gave let me make sure everyone knows that back in the day and this was a big deal they gave Lisa Brown a seat and the way they did that was redistricting the third district. There used to be a gal that was a Republican elected in the city of Spokane fifth congress or fifth legislative district and third legislative district were not full-on Democrat. They were swing districts and Republicans can win. there was a Margaret Leonard. Go back and look at the records sure. So they gerrymandered to make sure there was blue dots here in eastern Washington so that we didn't want to separate the state. I'm still interested in doing that. But uh, (laughs) that's basically what they did, and that's why the 3rd District is so difficult to uh, make headway and basically statistically impossible because they created a blue dot over here in eastern Washington, right in the core of the city of Spokane, to make sure the Democrats had a stronghold here to push their hardcore agendas in Olympia.
0: You bet. Now we're going to move on over to Spokane Valley. We're talking about the fourth legislative district for state representative positions. First one of which is position one with Ted Cummings, the Democrat, against Suzanne Schmidt. Suzanne whopped Ted Cummings. We're talking about 63.55% versus 36.31%. And a real funny, interesting background on Mr. Ted Cummings happens to be what? Uh, very possibly a union shop steward over at oh, yeah. Kaiser. Right. and You know? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah,
1: there was a lot of stuff there. Yeah. there's. Well, he, def- he's been yeah. a Democrat activist for quite a while. Yeah. yeah,
0: you bet. And then the last race we'll cover here before we head off into break, we're talking about Rob chase against Leonard Christian. Unfortunately, folks, it looks like the Romney esque Leonard Christian may very well be beating out. Mr. Rob chase. Leonard is in at 50.18% versus Rob chase at 47.73%. Difference of 2.09%. And I got a, wonder if rob is out there rehabbing ballots and doing whatever he can to rehab whatever votes that uh, he can possibly rehab
1: all right we got to take a break we'll be
0: rehashing the rest of the election here in a moment a lot of your beef comes from brazil africa and china bet you didn't know that the spokane county cattlemen know that and they are the ones advocating for country of origin labeling on the meat that we buy and feed to our families find them on facebook right now That burger you just got at your favorite drive-thru has over a thousand different DNAs in it. Well, you may want to consider buying from local producers. And in other words, folks, buy locally. The Spokane County Cattlemen are on Facebook and are there to advocate for you, educate and inform you on what's happening in the global and local meat industry. With today's Corona controlled society, the shopping restrictions and possible rationing, making sure that your family doesn't experience food insecurities should be our top priority. You can do your part. Be secure. Buy from local growers and producers. The Spokane County cattlemen know this and are here to help you. Find them on Facebook right now. And welcome back from the break, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks for rejoining Mike and Tim on What We Did Locally in Elections this Wednesday episode here on Right Spokane Perspective. All right, jumping back in. We had some unopposed races here. We're talking about a Senator Jeff Holy representing the sixth legislative district in at 95% of the vote. We've got a sixth legislative district, state rep position one. Mike Voltz was running unopposed. He got 95% of the vote. State Representative position two, legislative district six. We had Jenny Graham versus Michaela Kelso. Jenny Graham is in at 61.93% versus Michaela. Kelso at 37.92 so the 6th legislative district stays red for the moment it does and just know ladies and gentlemen the 6th legislative district is now encompassing parts of northeast Spokane yeah it did change And And with the rejiggering, the reconfiguration, the gerrymandering, the Marcus Riccelli bump, whatever the heck you want to call it, it looks like Zach Sapone, council member hailing out of District 3, was successful in getting his council redistricting map done in such a way that this is now going to be benefiting liberals that run in the northwest part of the city of Spokane in the future.
1: Actually, it's going to help the liberals... Run our city entirely from the council. And good luck to those conservative or proclaimed conservative representatives in District 1 because they just lost a bunch of voters. And I think they pretty much gained some voters that would not be voting in their direction. So yeah. we'll talk about that here maybe tomorrow.
0: Yeah, you betcha. All right, we had 7th Legislative District here. We had State Senator Shelley Short running unopposed. She came in at 97.45%. Then we're moving to State Representative Legislative District 7, Position 1. This involved Jacqueline Maycumber versus Lonnie Ray Williams. Jacqueline Maycumber came in at 66.29% versus Lonnie Ray at 31.94%. And I'll tell you, Tim, you know, Lonnie Ray definitely sounded like he had his ducks in a row when we had him on.
1: And how much uh, of the vote did he get?
0: Uh, he ended up only garnering 32% of the vote
1: right, when he right. rounded up. That's Well, for sure. he, he was going against a pretty strong incumbent in oh, that yeah. race. And so the incumbent moves on. And, and I think that pretty much around Spokane County, for the most part, other than in the fourth legislative district in the uh, one race, incumbents pretty much sailed on through uh, countywide. Yeah,
0: you betcha, man. All right, now we're going to go ahead and move over to Legislative District 7. Oh, we're still in Legislative District 7 here. We got that final representative position number two. Joel Kretz ran unopposed, ended up drawing about 97.5% of the vote there. State Representative, Legislative District 9. We're talking about the WSU area there, about five or six different counties in southeastern Washington. We have incumbent Mary Dye came in at 96%. Joe Schmick was in at 96%. And then we're moving to the county commission. Now the background on the county commission here, ladies and gentlemen, you know, during the redistricting and and the configuration of the various commissioner districts, It was already acknowledged and a given that the Democrats would ultimately control two of the five districts. And it looks as though the voters that exist in those various commissioner districts are going to make sure that that particular statement is going to be the truth. (laughs) Well,
1: well, that's kind of an interesting thing, too, because the voters told the government via elections yes that we several did, times several times that we did not want to add county commissioners to our county commission seats we had three county commissioners you know what is it los angeles county has five county commissioners but they've got like
0: 14 15 million people 15, something
1: like that yeah it's got gobs of people 10 yeah, times the amount of even people might be
0: 20 million people
1: yeah a lot more yeah i mean it just is it's amazing so we said no to it over and over And the legislature, through the means of Marcus Riccelli, gave us a vote that we basically had no choice in taking. We had to vote for five county commissioners. It changed the way we did our county commission elections because uh, instead of having a countywide vote in the general election, it was district by district. And so while some might argue that's more representative, but now basically at the county level, we have you know, a district set up that will probably be three Republicans against two Democrats for at least the next decade. Right. So basically the Democrats got their way. And as usual, we, the taxpayers have to pay for two useless Democrats to hold positions. Yep, exactly. And that's basically where it goes. Yeah. We're just paying Democrats and legislative aides and people who are p- helping pay for the Democrat machine at the county level for the next decade so that they can try to move their ball down the road and try to control more. And it's taxpayers here that are, are going to be footing the bill for those three to two votes for the next decade for no reason. And I guess the voters knew better, but the government did it to us anyways. Yep, they
0: sure did, boy, I tell you. All right, County Commissioner, District 1. We're talking about a race between Chris Jordan and Kim Pleas. Kim Pleas, unfortunately, only pulled 45-plus percent of the vote. Chris Jordan looks like he's going to be the commissioner for District 1 for sure. He's the Democrat. Spokane County Commissioner District 2. We're talking about a race against Democrat Amber Waldruff and current council member Michael Cathcart. Michael Cathcart came in at roughly 45% of the vote. Amber Waldruff came in at about 55% of the vote. Spokane County Commissioner District 3. We're talking about Josh Kearns and Wild Bill Schreiner. Boy, that guy was kind of trippy, wasn't he?
1: Well, he he, he was pretty obvious. I mean, he, I didn't hide the fact even in... Uh his uh, name that he put on the ballot, he was Wild Bill.
0: Yeah. He goes, I don't affiliate with any party. I just like to party. <laughs> okay, Wild Bill, whatever you say, man.
1: Uh, every, yeah, <laughs> so he yeah, he, he party anyway. his way all the way to the no party election.
0: Yeah, no kidding, man. Josh Kearns came in at about 78% of the vote Wild Bill Schreiner still took about 21% of the vote, man. Right. They yep. sure did. All right. County Commissioner District four. We're talking about Mary CUNY and Paul Brian Noble. We got 55 percent coming in for Mary CUNY and 43 and percent with Paul Brian Noble. So it looks like Mary CUNY is on her way to winning reelection there for yep. sure. County Commissioner, District 5, Maggie Yates and Al French. This was a close race. The newspapers were definitely covering it as a close race. I ended up getting a text from Al French. About 30 seconds before I saw the headline that Maggie Yates conceded the race. So thank you very much, Commissioner Al French, for keeping Mike and Tim and the Right Spokane Perspective listeners in the loop with you. Congratulations on winning your reelection. That particular race, check it out, last Sunday night, Al French was in at about 52%. Maggie Yates was in at just a little over 48%. All right, county assessor vote number one. We're talking about Tom Conis. He ran unopposed. He ended up scoring about 96% of the vote. You've got a very, very close race right now between Vicki Dalton and Bob McCaslin. We're talking about 50.2% for Vicki Dalton and 49.72% for Bob McCaslin. I'm thinking, Tim, that that is within the recount well, we're going to uh, see parameters I mean, there, there, right now, there, there but there's still, still 7,100 7, volts left to count. So,
1: I mean, that could get closer. And so uh, obviously it would be automatic recount. And and you know that, you know, a big. Union, I mean, we're
0: talking a thousand votes here.
1: Right, right. You're talking. Well, and we're also talking about. So let's go back to the city council race where we saw the total flip flop in the election because of ballot harvesting and the counting that went on for city council president with Wendell uh-huh. versus Brian Banks. Right. Okay. One was added by like a 2,000 votes the one night. Next night after, it was like 800 votes, and then it swapped a thousand votes after that. And of course, they went out and rehabbed a bunch of ballots. So, this could be a battle of not just a recount, but also the rehabilitation of ballots that were tossed out. Like mine always gets tossed out because they don't like my signature. Because, I mean, there's a lot of signature problems these days. How many people actually use their signature on a piece of paper on a frequent basis? A lot of time, it's that electronic signature that looks like nobody's signature. Right. 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 So, you know, there's going to to be challenges possibly in races like that. So we might not know the outcome of that one for a while. And I think if I was in Bob McCaslin's shoes, being the closest person in my lifetime, I think, how long has she been in office? I think most of my lifetime. Yeah,
0: 30 years. 40 years, 30 years, <laughs> something like that.
1: I think I was I was still signing my name on pieces of paper in elementary school when she first got elected possibly. <laughs> and so, you know, if I was in Bob McCaslin's shoes, I would not be uh, conceding until all of the rig- Moreau can be gone through with how messy this election system is, you know, when it comes to rehabbing ballots and looking at signatures looking at people that can come in and validate that that was their ballot kind of thing so that you know all the votes can be counted because that's what we should want is all the votes to be counted and I wouldn't concede until then Mr. McCaslin yep. but that's the closest anyone's ever come to oh, uh, you betcha to beating uh Vicky Dalton you
0: betcha even despite the ugly looking advertisements I think it helped him <laughs> I, mean, I think
1: I think it helped Bob McCaslin's name recognition this nasty black and white and gray and red. Red and nasty. I mean, I can, if I knew nothing about elections, this would have said I should vote for Bob McCaslin because I can see this is out of D.C. This is a hit piece and hit pieces make me want to vote for the person that they're hitting. <laughs> you know, you want to vote for the underdog, the guy that needs exactly. to pick himself up off the asphalt and put his teeth back in. That's the guy you want to vote for. So you I bet. think it helped him. Yeah. <laughs> Bad on you for Vicky Dalton for not decrying this as hate speech. Yeah, exactly. You know, there you go. so hopefully he holds out. We'll see.
0: Alright, Spokane County Clerk Tim Fitzgerald ran unopposed, ended up drawing about 96% of the vote. Now we're going to go over to the county prosecuting attorney race between Larry Haskell and Deb Conklin. We're talking about... Was the, that a race? <laughs> yeah, was that a race? Well, I'll tell you something, man. It had some people worried, and I just don't get it. How could people vote for Deb Conklin? And But people did, man. And here you go. They had a 59.03% turnout on this one. Larry Haskell ended up drawing 56.25% And Deb Conklin actually drew 43.34%. So why are all these weirdos voting for Conklin? It's just... Mind-blowing, man.
1: So, Mike, you know that there's people that have a a difference of opinion in how things go. Because there's people that have to pay the bills, and they pay for schools, and they pay for criminal justice, and they pay for all of those things. But then there's other people that have all their bills paid for, and they spend more on hair dye than utilities.
0: (laughs) You know that, right?
1: There's people that spend more on hair dye and uh, tattoos than utilities. There's that demographic.
0: Yeah, and Conklin has definitely been known to run around with different... Hair, that's for sure. All right, Spokane County Sheriff. I know this was an important one to a whole bunch of people. We got John Knowles in at 58% versus Wade Nelson in at f- roughly 40%. Spokane County Treasurer Michael Baumgartner ended up running unopposed here, 96%. And now we're talking about the Supreme Court justices. If you folks recall, in the Supreme Court, we had a lot of Supreme unopposed. Court? Yeah, Supreme Court justices. Are you talking about Superior Court? No, Supreme Court. There were at least three Supreme Court races on there for the justices who were running unopposed. Obviously, all of them. Unopposed, that's right. Yeah. And then you've got District Court Judge Patrick Johnson unopposed. He went back in. District Court Judge 2, Jeffrey Smith unopposed. Uh, Then we had the District Court Judge 3, which was Jenny Sapone and Eric Duyema. We had Jenny Sapone in at 68% plus.
1: Yeah, she really ran away with that one. She did. I was pretty surprised that... The other race had opposite results.
0: Yes, exactly. And let me find that particular race. We're talking about District Court Judge 6, Andrew Biviano versus Deanna Kroll. Deanna Kroll, I'm hoping she her team is out there rehabbing ballots, man. they
1: are close.
0: Yeah, we're talking about 48.53% for Kroll versus Viviano's 50.79%. And, yeah, I'm telling you what, all the rest of these people ended up running unopposed. We've I, got
1: some other things to get to, so folks are going to have to come back and uh, listen to tomorrow's show because we have some even more local when you talk about city government issues to talk about. And so, folks, we're out of time for today.
0: That being said, Mike and Tim are out of here today. We'll be back at you in your face again tomorrow.
1: Bye-bye.